uh, big year of racing, big day of racing too. We're on the Kenzo mm-hmm. today. And Adam Pengelly joins us. Adam, good morning to you. How are you? Morning, Will. Morning, Brayden. You must have stayed up last night, Will. So I've got those pronunciations of those tennis players that has been outstanding all morning today. Hasn't he been great? Oh, he's been fantastic, Brad, hasn't he? Hasn't, hasn't missed a beat. Well, I've, uh, I've, I've avoided uh, diving too deeply into the Asian Cup and the goal scorers, but 2-0 Thailand and uh, both goals to Supercharge Chardes in, uh, in the Asian Cup for Thailand against Kyrgyzstan. That's uh, outstanding. Uh, that was good. Very much. Very good. Um, Adam, learning to fly back at the trials. What's news? Yeah. She was yesterday, Will, the Annabelle Nation trained filly who went around uh, as one of the favourites for the Golden Slipper last year. Obviously had that unfortunate incident where she lost tra- Chad Schofield off some really bad interference. Has had a long time off the scene. She had one pretty quiet trial last month and then yesterday stepped it up again and won her trial in group enlisted company. So I'd imagine she's getting pretty close to coming back to the races now and she was probably the most exciting two-year-old in training towards the back end of last season, heading at least heading towards the Gold Slipper until that incident. So, yeah, can't wait to see what she does as a three-year-old filly, I'd imagine, this autumn. And she got some pretty nice targets. You'd imagine a race like the Surround Stakes would be high on Annabelle's agenda with her. And, um, yep, some of the better horses back at the trials there yesterday. Obviously, Riff Rock at the Derby winner, Espiona, in that first trial was a really... Good try with thinking over fangirl and militarised back as well. So this carnival is only just around the corner now. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, there's an important two-year-old race in Sydney this weekend, isn't there? Yeah, that's right, Brad. Talking about the Golden Slipper, I must admit, I think the two-year-old racing in Sydney so far leading up to now has been fairly underwhelming, if I can put it in those terms. We've really struggled for numbers. We're like, we lost the two-year-old race, I think it was last week. Most of these other races have been struggling for numbers. We had, we had good numbers on the Gold Coast last week. We saw obviously the Magic Moons Classic and a couple of those races for the for the debut. But in Sydney, it hasn't really ramped up yet, I, I wouldn't have thought. But from now on, I reckon it's, it's game on. Um, a lot of these trainers seem to be holding back their two-year-olds a little bit more and, and preferring not to race before Christmas. But just going through the nominations for the two-year-old race at Rose Hill on the weekend, we've got a really good set of nominations. There's going to be an extremely competitive race if most of those horses accept. So... That gold silver picture is going to be changing week on week now. I, I can't see Stormboy being bumped from favouritism for the super for a while, to be fair, and probably not all the way to the race if he actually turns up. But on those uh, those lines of betting behind him, it should be uh, fairly fluid in the next few weeks. Uh, racing in New South Wales, flying, racing right throughout Australia, flying in Queensland as well, off the back of that Magic Millions. But um, off the back of the Singapore news, unrelated, but racing in Macau, a bit of an update. Yeah, not great news, Will. Racing in Macau is, is going to shut down later this year, following in the footsteps of Singapore, which is due to close down at Cranji as well later this year. And it just goes to show in some jurisdictions, not so much Australia or Hong Kong or some of those stronger jurisdictions, but it is quite a tenuous sort of state. Governments are looking to, I suppose, reclaim land. If it's not financially viable, they'll, they'll shut down industries. And to be fair to Macau, probably the... The riding potentially has been on the wall for a little while now. They've had to reduce the, the amount of races they can hold each week. They've had financial problems. They've cut the horse population down to about 300 over there at the moment when it was you know, more than 1,000 back in its heyday. But, yeah, just some really disappointing news to, to, to see that we're going to lose another Asian racing jurisdiction in Macau after the news about Hong Kong, uh, sorry, Singapore, which emerged late last year. Now the important stuff, Adam. Give us the tips, buddy. <laughs> Uh, value bet on the program today, Brad, and I suggest that people just check the scratchings in about half an hour time because this horse is also nominated for a race at Rose Hill on Saturday. But I reckon it's a cheeky little chance in the last race of the day. Race seven, number seven, Bolero Bell. She's around 25 to one last night. Um, I admit that 1,100 metres first up is probably going to be a little bit short of her best distance, but I really liked a, a nice soft trial behind Alligator Blood. And last preparation, she graduated to the Reginald Allen behind um, Arctic Glamour, who was absolutely flying that preparation. Uh, she was only beaten a few lengths in that race. And 
I think she's got a bit of ability. I think the market's just one missed her a little bit here. Whether she's ready to go first up or not, I'm not too sure. But at around 25 to 1, happy to have nice. something small each way. And uh, let's hope she runs today rather than Saturday. Yeah, so race 7 today. I think it might actually be number 11. Number 11, yeah, sorry. Number 11, Bell. sorry. So, yeah, 21 bucks and $5 with Tab at the moment. Nice. Um, decent case for it. Uh, any questions about the Roosters? Absolutely. Come on, Adam. My roosters. How they going this year? They look good. I'm down at Allianz every so often. They're looking fine. Come on. You, give me you some probably good see news. them more than me, Brad. Are they looking okay? They or, look good. They look well, good. You look at that roster on paper, Brad, and it's it's a top-notch roster. When it you is. throw in Dominic Young and, and Spencer Lenu into that into that team, obviously guys like Jared Warrior Hargreaves and Daniel Tupo have played on for another year when they when most people thought they were going to retire yeah. at the end of last season. Like it's stuck with depth all throughout the all throughout the roster. For, for me, the key to the Roosters is just how the halves work this year. Like, I, yeah. I know Sam Walker had a long time off last year with that ACL sprain. Luke Keery, to be fair, I thought had a really good second half of the season last year. He was struggling a bit in the first half of the year, but I thought he came into his own later in the year. And to be fair, it's it's almost put up or shut up time now, isn't it, yeah. Brad? Like, they've had this team that's been, you know, such star studs on paper. They've had so many issues the last few years with long-term injuries and stuff like that. But, They've got to be a top four team this year, otherwise it'd be a, a failure, I would have thought. And and, and yeah, I can imagine I Nick, Nick Pelizer would, would say grand final bust for the Roosters in twenty twenty four. To agree, and it's the you know always the spine, isn't it? One six seven and nine, and every one of those positions have been good but not great last year, and mm. that's what really it comes down to. But yeah, it's the Panthers, isn't it, to lose really again at the moment? Where, where do you want Joey Manu to play, Brad? That's that's a big question for me. Oh, look, I I think the Roosters are worse off if Cleary's not in the team. So mm. so for me, I think his best position is the centres for the Roosters. Now, I'm mm. not saying that's his best position, but I'm saying with the Roosters, there's no way you're putting Teddy anywhere else and there's nowhere else you put everyone. And I think with our one, I just think he's fantastic in the centres, but he's got to get ball early. That's my opinion. Yeah, Teddy. If Teddy's in the team, you're not moving him from fullback. That's no, his position. No that's, that, that, that's that's where he plays, right? No. I, I, they've done it in the past. They've tried to use Joey Manu as a bit of a second fullback on times, but I wonder if they take that up a level again in 2024 and give him more license to roam and, and get himself involved. Otherwise, mm. you're right. If he's, if he's staying in the centre station, he needs early ball to make the most of it. Otherwise, I expect them to see it, him attack maybe just a little bit more frequently through the middle middle this year. Yes, good call. Adam, always appreciate it. We'll look forward to catching up a lot more tomorrow. Yep, chat tomorrow, Will. See you, boys.